0: Remember, a Hallmark card when you care enough to send the very best. Tonight, from Hollywood, the makers of Hallmark greeting cards bring you Jane Wyman. In Muriel Elwood's Web of Destiny on the Hallmark Playhouse. Each week, Hallmark will bring you Hollywood's greatest stars and outstanding stories chosen by one of the world's best known authors, the distinguished novelist, Mr. James Hilton.
1: Good morning, ladies and gentlemen, this is James Hilton. Tonight on our Hallmark playhouse we present the dramatization of a novel by Muriel Elwood called "The Web of Destiny. The history of North America during the years when our nation was in process of being fashioned is the history of countless brave men and women whose names have never got into history, and the people in Miss Elwood's story are like that. Against its background of Canada during the struggle of the French for that country, it tells a moving and dramatic tale. It also highlights for us the problems and troubled allegiances of those days when the United States was an idea almost, but not quite, born in the hearts of its people. To star in the leading role tonight, we have chosen that fine actress, deservedly an Academy Award winner, and so happily one of our old Hallmark friends, Miss Jane Wyman. And now, here is Frank Martin from the makers of Hallmark Cards.
0: When you want to remember your friends, there's one way to be sure the card you send receives an extra welcome. Look for that identifying hallmark on the back when you select it. For words to express your feelings and designs to express your good taste, that hallmark on the back is your guide. Like the sterling on silver, it's a mark of distinction that all quickly recognize. And it tells your friends you cared enough to send the very best. And now, Hallmark Playhouse, presenting Muriel Elwood's Web of Destiny, starring Jane Wyman.
1: When she looked back, it always seemed to Nancy that the year 1759 was full of events that she couldn't control. Its days would always seem like a web woven close about her, a web of destiny.
2: It was a year of war between France and England, a sad year for my father and me who had both French and English blood in our veins. By birth, we were English, though, and lived in the English settlement of Albany. When spring came, my father accepted a post as doctor of Fort William Henry, and we left Albany. I rode with my father towards the fort, thinking, is it possible that we're at war? Never has the world seemed so beautiful before, so full of promise, so full of hope. I rode with my father through the springtime, seeing life bud and blossom on all sides of me, rode beside my father through life into Fort William Henry and death. The French and their Indian followers attacked at dawn. By sundown, the fort had been captured. I sat where my father was dying with a gun in my lap. Nancy. Yes, Father.
3: It's uh, so still. The battle is over.
2: Yes, Father.
3: We lost. Yes. Oh, you must get back to Albany as quickly as you can. I have money there and the house. Your Uncle John will help you. Can I help you, Mademoiselle?
2: You keep away from us, you French barbarian.
3: My dear Mademoiselle, you do not seem to realize a fort has surrendered. Kindly hand me that gun. I
2: said keep away from me.
3: If you'll quit brandishing that gun at me, I'll take a look at that man.
2: Don't go near him. Haven't you done enough already?
3: Nancy, my child, let me speak to him.
2: He's one of the French, Father.
3: Sir, will you help me? Father. In any way I can. My daughter will be alone in this wilderness. Will you help her return to Albany? If she'll let me. My name is William Walker. I'm a doctor from Albany. William Walker of Albany? Yes. My name is Philippe Courville-Boisson of Montreal. Hand of God is in this. The Cour de Boussard Montreal. Nancy, this young man is your cousin. My cousin? Shocking, is it not, mademoiselle, to find yourself related to the French barbarian. Take care. Help her. Protect. Take
2: And now, again, I rode through the springtime, William Henry at my back, and the knowledge that my father slept and would not awaken. Philip did his best to keep my thoughts occupied.
3: I am not actually your cousin, you know, in the most literal sense of the word. I was adopted, but the de Courville boissons raised me as their own son.
2: Then you are my cousin, by the choice of your adopted father.
3: Yes, that is so. And we were soon be at Montreal... I cannot wait to see great Grandmother's face when she sees you. To have a great-grandchild turn up unexpectedly is a great event.
2: To find a great-grandmother is a great event. And cousins that I scarcely knew existed.
3: I think I can safely say that finding this particular cousin is the most exciting thing that has ever happened to me.
2: He smiled. He held out his hand. I took it. I did not stop to think or ask... Is there someone else? I took his hand and for the rest of the long afternoon thought of what the future might be. We arrived in Montreal late that night at the home of the French great grandmother I did not know existed a few weeks before. Ah, uh,
4: my child, my child. Is it true? My son's grandchild. Hold your face up to the light, my child. Yes, yes. Henri's eyes. And he's smart, and is my love. God is good, God is good.
3: Grammar. let me introduce Nancy to Father. No, 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 no.
4: I will do it. Paul, this is the grandchild of my dearly loved son, who has come home to me.
3: Welcome, my child.
4: You say you found Nancy at Fort William-Marie, Philip?
3: Yes, Claire ma'am. Then her uh, status here in Montreal... Is that of a prisoner of war?
4: I'm afraid it is. All wars end in time. This too shall pass.
3: If Nancy is a war prisoner, I'm afraid the government here will want her help for answer. When the bargaining is completed, she must return to Holbent. No.
4: She must stay here with us. Now that we have found her, she must remain with us. Do you hear, Paul, Philippe? She must remain. No, don't worry, Grandma.
3: We'll find a way. Of course, we'll find a way. If Nancy wishes it.
2: I do wish it. I wish it very much. Spring blossomed into summer, and the warmth of my newfound family eased the coldness inside me, and the raw memories of war and death began to heal. Philip was a captain in the French army, I watched him come and go, waited for his footsteps, listened for his voice, wondered if he was feeling any of the things I was feeling, and if he would ever speak. And then, one afternoon, while I sat alone in the garden, a woman entered, and my dreams came crashing down around me.
4: Oh, forgive me for intruding. I didn't realize anyone was in the garden. It was such a lovely day. I thought I would wait out here for Philip to come down. I am Mary de Chambeau. Philip's fiancé. Philip's fiancé? Yes. I've just returned from France. You're the little English cousin from Albany, aren't you? I'm Philip's cousin from Albany. How is it that no one has arranged the ransom for you? You must be anxious to return to your own home.
2: I'm afraid I'll have to ask you to excuse me. The sun seems to have given me a headache. And in any case, I'm sure you want to talk to Philip alone. As you wish. Oh, Nancy. I'm going in the house, Philip. Your fiancé is waiting in the garden.
3: Nancy, wait a minute. Nancy!
2: I went into the house. I closed the door between us, and I closed the door upon my dreams. I told myself it was not Philip's fault. Why should he have mentioned his engagement to me? How could he know that I had been foolish enough to fall in love with a man who had spoken no word of love? No, Philip did not know. But Marie de Chambon knew. She knew in the garden. I was positive of that a few days later when Philip's father called me into the library.
3: Nancy, I'm afraid I have bad news.
2: What is it, Uncle Paul?
3: I have received orders from the governor of the colony that you must be placed in a convent until the war is over.
2: Placed in a convent?
3: Oui, a convent in Quebec. I'm afraid the governor is giving us no choice, Nancy.
2: Could Marie de have had anything to do with this? Ah,
3: Marie is related to the governor.
2: I see. Why should she care where I am? She's engaged to Philip. She has nothing to fear from me.
3: Perhaps she has more to fear than either you or Philip realize.
2: But all thoughts of Philip seemed ended as far as I was concerned. I was determined, however, that Marie de Chambeau should not win a complete victory. She was not going to have me placed in any convent in Quebec. I walked to my room from dark until dawn, trying to arrive at a plan to outwit her. Finally, I thought of Andre, another cousin of Philip's. Andre, who knew the trails of the wilderness and might be able to help me. When morning came, I mounted my horse and rode to his home. The first chill of autumn was in the air. Spring and summer were gone, and I was glad. Both had brought death in different forms. Andre opened the door, and I went in to ask a greater favor than I knew.
3: You want to run away, and you want me to help you. That is what it comes down to, is it not, Nancy?
2: Yes, André. That's just about what it comes down to. Will you help me? Will you take me to Albany?
3: You have talked to Grandpa Paul about it?
2: Not about my plans, no. He has to obey the Governor-General. It's better that he doesn't know. Then they can't say that he had any part in this. Will you help me, André?
3: Nancy, I will do anything I can to help you, but... It is a long trip and a very dangerous one.
2: But you think it can be done.
3: Perhaps after the first snowfall, we could travel safely by horse and sleigh.
2: Will you do it? Will you help me, André?
3: We can try Nancy. We can only try.
2: André and I made very careful plans during the weeks that followed. Philip's grandfather promised the governor that I would leave for Quebec right after Christmas. I waited for the snows to come with both elation and sadness. They came early that year. And at last, the day came when Andre and I were to leave. I was waiting for him at the door when Philip came down. Nancy. Good morning, Philip.
3: Nancy, you have hardly spoken a word to me for weeks. I would like to talk to you. I'm
2: sorry, Philip. Andre's going to take me for a sleigh ride. He'll be here any moment.
3: What is wrong, Nancy?
2: Why, nothing, Philip. What would be wrong...
3: I thought that we were friends.
2: Oh, Andre's arriving. I must go.
3: Perhaps we can have a talk when you return from your ride.
2: Goodbye, Philip. I walked across the snow-covered porch and got into the sled. I saw Philip watching from the window, and tears burnt inside me. And then Andre whipped the horses and we started toward Albany. The journey was a blur of snow and trees and hills and valleys. It was completely uneventful. Until we entered the Mohawk country...
3: And then those are Mohawks, and they are in Wolfett. Hold on tight, I'm going to hit the horses.
0: We'll return to the second act of Web of Destiny starring Jane Wyman. There's an old, old saying to the effect that a man is rich only in his friends. And there's another old saying that tells you to have a friend, be a friend. In the days when these epigrams were familiar home mottos, it took quite a bit of effort to be a friend. You would help build a friend's house, help harvest his crop, and maybe even help him fight off Indian raids. Nowadays, our friends seldom need our physical help, But in the strain and tension of modern life, the need for showing friendship is perhaps greater than ever. And if you haven't already discovered this fact for yourself, you'll find Hallmark cards are a big help. You don't have to wait for special occasions throughout the year or write a lengthy letter to let your friends know you're thinking of them. You can do it in a beautiful and gracious manner by sending a Hallmark card. You'll find there are Hallmark cards just to say hello to a friend you haven't seen recently... One's to fill the interval between letters. One to say, wish I could see you. In fact, you'll always find there's a hallmark card that says just what you want to say, just the way you want to say it. And remember, that hallmark on the back gives added meaning. It says, you cared enough to send the very best. And now, back to James Hilton and the second act of Web of Destiny starring Jane Wyman. (laughs)
1: To Nancy, it would always seem that those days of the year 1759 were like a web woven ever closer about her, a web of destiny. Twice during the year, she had felt a paralyzing fear, fear of Indians on the warpath. Once during the spring, when she saw her father killed, again during the winter, when she and André were captured on the road to Albany.
2: When the Indians attacked, I thought we would be slain at once. Instead... They tied our hands behind our back and made us walk the remainder of the icy miles to Albany. I was taken to Sir William Johnson, the head of the English forces. But André, because he was French, remained a Mohawk prisoner of war. Despite my pleas, Sir William refused to intercede and I was sent home. My Uncle John had taken over my father's house. He was not very happy to see me.
3: Well, I must say this is an unexpected surprise. I thought you and your father were killed at Fort William Henry. And now I find you returning to my house.
2: This isn't your house. It was my father's, and now it's mine. Let
3: me remind you of something, young lady. Your father is dead. And as his older brother and only relative, I am your guardian and responsible for you.
2: You are not my guardian. I am of age and perfectly able to control my own affairs.
3: You are without a doubt the most impertinent and badly brought up girl I've ever known.
2: This argument is completely pointless, Uncle John. I've always told you that this house is my home, and I intend to live here. If you wish to remain, that is up to you. But you will remain only in the clear and complete understanding that I'm the mistress of this house. You are my guest, not my guardian.
3: We shall see about that.
2: But you can do anything you want about it. That's the way it is, and that's the way it's going to be.
3: Yes, I come to see Miss Nancy. Miss Nancy is not at home. To an Indian?
2: An Indian? Yes.
3: I have message from Andre. What is it? He said to tell you he's safe now. He home.
2: He's home.
3: He's safe. He home now. Oh
2: thank God. Oh, thank God. The winter months passed in cold unhappy days. I spent them getting my house in order again, quarreling bitterly with my uncle, and at last having the satisfaction of seeing him pack and leave. And then it was spring again. Spring came, but the chill of winter still held my emotions icebound, and I had little heart for spring, or even life itself. And then one morning, there was a knock at the door, and when I opened it, the Indian who had come before stood there again. He handed me a note from Andre.
3: Nancy, dear, the bearer of this note is Chief O'Reilly, a very dear friend in whom you can place implicit trust. Our great grandma is dying and repeatedly asks for you. If it is at all possible for you two to arrange to join the party that may be coming here, could you do so and grant the last wish of a very old lady?
2: I held the note in my hand. Thinking fast, I said to the Indian at last, Monsieur André says that you are an old friend.
3: I am blood brother to Monsieur Andre's father. I claim Andre from Mohawk. I take him home.
2: Could you possibly take me to Montreal?
3: I take you.
2: Oh, come in. I can be ready in a few moments. Once again, I traveled through the springtime, back to Montreal, back to my great-grandmother, back to Philip. I tried to push the thoughts of Philip from me as the miles shortened between Albany and Montreal, but it was impossible, impossible to do. I knew he was probably married now, but still, the thought of seeing him again pushed all other thoughts aside, and at last, I stood beside my great-grandmother's bed. At long last, I stood beside her bed,
4: and Philip next to me. Nancy. Ah, uh, Nancy. I thought my eyes would never look upon you again.
2: Oh, I'm sorry.
4: I'm sorry I had to leave as I did. I have missed you. And Philip has missed you. Have you not, Philip? Very much. Very much indeed.
2: I imagine Philip has had a good deal to keep him occupied...
4: Not as much as you might think But Philip is engaged Engaged?
3: Marie broke her engagement last winter She recognized that I was in love with someone
4: else She was not wrong
3: Nancy, I don't know how you feel The last weeks you were with us, you seemed to hate me Oh,
2: Philip, if I seemed to hate you It was only because I loved you Don't you understand that?
3: only understand. I love you with my whole heart. Will you do me the very great honor of becoming my wife?
4: Oh, Philip. Oh, Philip. No, no, no. That is not what you should say, Nancy. You have got to say. I think
2: I know what to say now, Grand You see, I've said these words to myself so many times during the past month. Not that I ever thought I'd have the chance to say them, but I hoped I would. Merci. Philip, I love you with my whole heart. I shall consider it a great honor to be your wife.
4: Ah, c'est bon. C'est bon.
2: Philip and I were married. As I stood beside him in the chapel, I thought, spring has at last fulfilled its promise. Now life begins. Now love begins. The world begins. And whatever web it was that brought us to this moment, brought us through unhappy, tragic, terrifying days to a beautiful destiny, such was the web fate wove for us in the year 1759. Such was our web of destiny.
0: Simon and James Hilton will return in a moment. You know, when you stop to think about it, a greeting card is quite a bit different from most of the things you buy. You never buy one for yourself. It's always for other people. Yet the card you select represents you to your friends and loved ones. It carries your thoughts and feelings as if on a magic carpet. Takes you visiting across the miles, across the years, often merely across the way. This is why the makers of Hallmark Cards consider the message on every greeting card so very important. Why, you can always find a Hallmark card that seems to have been written especially for you. One that says what you want to say just the way you want to say it. Because Hallmark cards can always be sent with pride and are always received with pleasure, discriminating people have come to look for Hallmark on the back of any card they send or receive. They know that Hallmark means you cared enough to send the very best. Here again is James Hilton.
1: It's quite like old times to have you with us again on the Hallmark Playhouse tonight, Jane. Thank you for a grand performance.
2: Well, I'm so glad you liked it, Mr. Hilton. Somehow, you seem to get such interesting stories on the Hallmark Playhouse. The roles are always a challenge, and that's always exciting to an actress.
1: Next time, I'll see if we can't work in a song for you on our story, Jane, because after hearing you sing with Bing in your new picture, I'm sure your public will want you to do the same thing again.
2: (laughs) Well, I like to sing, but do you know what my favorite hobby is, Mr. Hilton?
1: Now, I'll surprise you and say, yes, I do, because I've seen some of your paintings, Jane, and they're good.
2: Well, thank you. But you know, the real reason I brought this up was because, as a lover of art, I appreciate the beautiful artwork of your Hallmark cards. The colors are lovely, and the reproductions from original paintings are always
1: true to the color and tones of the original. Well, thank you, Jane. That's a compliment we're proud of. And now I'd like to tell you and our audience our plans for next week. Our story will be Bellamy Partridge's country lawyer, which tells how a young man began his law practice in a small American town at the turn of the century. A story full of warmth and humor. And as our star, we are especially lucky for we have that delightful Hollywood actor, Fred McMurray. Our Hallmark Playhouse is every Thursday. Our producer-director is Bill Gay. Our music is composed and conducted by David Rose. And our script tonight was adapted by Gene Holloway. Until next Thursday, then, this is James Hilton saying good night.
0: In stores that have been carefully selected to give you expert and friendly service. Remember, a Hallmark card when you care enough to send the very best. Jane Wyman may soon be seen in the Wald Crosner production, The Blue Veil, an RKO release. The role of Philip tonight was played by Whitfield Connor. Others in our cast were Virginia Gregg, Gene Tatum, Ted Osborne, Ben Wright, Ted DeCorsia, and Charlie Lund. This is Frank Martin saying good night to you all until next week at this same time when Hallmark Playhouse returns to present Fred McMurray in Bellamy Partridge's Country Lawyer and the week following Isabel Dick's Wild Orchard starring Anne Blythe. And the week after that, George Bernard Shaw's Cashel Byron's Profession on the Hallmark Playhouse.
1: KMBC, Kansas...